Yo, what's going on, y'all? Hey, 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 we're back, baby. We're back. Look, the Weekend Be Heroes podcast, man, but we're changing up a little this week. This is your boy, John Serrato, one of the hosts here, of course, your weekly host. And, of course, my little brother, Matt. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. I think yeah. we have a little uh, guest here today. Oh, yeah, yeah. We had to bring someone on who we heard was a little bit of a Star Wars fan. Maybe, you know, as much of it I am as a Marvel fan, hopefully. But Mason, uh, Mason Thompson, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah. Glad to have you on, man. Hey, so we're going to get right into it. I mean, we, this is what we like to do, kind of talk about anything geek-related. Uh, you know, okay. I'm, a geek, I'm a geek at heart, and we want to keep doing this thing. So I got to give you the little bit of Q&A we do with all of our guests. All right, all right. Uh, we're going to start this off with, uh, your, so you're a Star Wars fan. You know, you said you are. So I am a Star Wars fan. Uh, what is your favorite Star Wars movie? Um, or, you know what, how about this? How about your favorite Star Wars content? Star Wars content? I'd say you definitely got to go original trilogy. Um, and, I mean, I'll tell you my favorite movie, too. For the longest time, uh, every summer, me and my brother, we do like a six-movie marathon with, uh, you know, the prequels and the originals. Um, so, for the longest time, Return of the Jedi was my favorite. Um, but then I realized why everybody likes Empire Strikes Back so much because when you actually go and watch it, your eyes are glued to the screen the entire time. Like it's such a, such an engaging movie. Um, so favorite Star Wars content, definitely the, um, I'd say out of the original trilogy, I'd say um, the three original movies, they're just classic and they have like a great sense of nostalgia to them and they're awesome movies. So, so you yeah. mentioned that you consistently watch the the prequels. So you're a big fan of the prequels. It, it, oh, am, I, I, am I kind of getting that? Or yeah. So okay, the prequels. I you know I used to meme about the prequels like everybody as does we, as and, we all did, <laughs> and I still do. But like as I watched them, um, am I talking too loud or is it no? Just, you're perfectly fine. No, yeah, you're good. Yeah. Um, as I watched the prequels, uh, year after year. I realize that they actually aren't as bad as um, we think. You hear him? However, the Phantom Menace is always going to be bad. It has its moments, but it's it's uh, hard to get through. But, you know, it's Star Wars, so I get through it. Attack of the Clones gets better. Revenge of the Sith is, I think, very good. I think you could put it on the same level as, as some of the other uh, originals. So, yeah. I I. I'm so glad you jumped on the pod because Matt has <laughs> never agreed with me about the prequels and that I love that's them. a prequel hater. Uh, so I, I mean, I feel like you've slowly kind of leaned the other way lately, Matt. I mean, you can speak for yourself, obviously, but um, yeah, he he hated that. I liked them. That's that's just you know, I, I love them. No, okay, so Orange of the is my favorite for sure. Okay, so I here's here's my philosophy I think the prequels had the best lore, but the worst movies. I think they are objectively the worst made movies out of, out of all the trilogies, sequels included. Um, oh, I want to say come sequels. on. The worst come of the sequels? Yeah, oh. they are, they are right. yes. Uh, so are. you guys know we are kicking Matt out of the podcast. Okay, and... all right. So, Jonathan, uh, where <laughs> were you going to talk about? <laughs> they are. I mean, visually, they're worse. Writing is worse. Writing is worse. All right, Matt. I'll give you Dialogue-wise. I'll give you writing a bit. I think I will say at least they had a consistent story. Like, they knew what they were, uh-huh. like, George Lucas knew what he was planning. Sequels is just... a separate. You, you also have to realize, yeah. Matt, for its time, the, like, if you watch the prequels now, you look at the animation of, like, 
I don't know, the droids or the clones or whatever. Um, and for its time, like, when you watched that when it came out, it was like, oh, this is, like, top-of-the-line stuff. But now if you were to compare that to the sequels, it's about, it's been, like, is it, is it 20 years? Or no, no, no. Probably 15, 20 years. Just about yeah, right. already around. Yeah, wouldn't be surprised. Since yeah. the trilogy. Um, so animation has come, come a much further way see that's I what think. i that's what i think too is and i think you're kind of saying this is you know how many years between the original trilogies and that 30 plus years right well mm-hmm. i think the expectations were so high because we were in the 2000s now it's like what much better can they do compared to the trilogy right. you know but you can't ever compare it to a classic like that's like comparing back to the future to anything else it just doesn't happen so mm-hmm. you know a lot of people had those high expectations it just would never work like that you know what i mean um but Matt, just start liking the. I mean, come on, man. the prequels. Come on, come on, man. No, I like I like the lore. I think Clone War. I think without the inclusion of Clone Wars, the prequels do not have much of an effect on me oh, as a viewer. I'll hundred percent give you both like the Clone Wars an, uh, animated series and what we expect to see in the in in uh, uh, Kenobi coming out and all these other you know with Mando also seeing all of those kind of dots connected has made the prequels that much better like i started to oh, yeah. more because of the stuff that's come out recently absolutely you know what yeah, I mean? so i've grown Connecting a deep appreciate yeah i've grown a, a deep appreciation for the prequels i think the one element i dislike heavily is the midichlorians i think that undermines <clears throat> sort of the mythic side of the force but i will say the mandalorian especially which i know we'll discuss a bit later has handled that the mc count very well all things considered because moff right. gideon as you know is this sort of tyrant who thinks that he could just inject himself with midichlorians and automatically become a force user that's I was surprised I was surprised that they even went near midichlorians for for the Mandalorian because I thought that would that like soured everybody who who like heard it in the Phantom Menace it's probably the most like cringeworthy one of the most cringeworthy parts but I I agree I think they did a pretty good job of it and didn't make it like uh, the main focus of, of the force it, it was sort of just an extra thing yeah it seemed kind of like behind the scenes in the dark you know kind of thing which is awesome um all right a little tangents all good though uh favorite star wars character mason uh favorite star wars character oh boy hmm. um have to go with it ain't easy i like <laughs> i like han solo i really like han solo i think uh, if you're trying to, I, I'd say I, I separate them into like uh, Jedi and Sith and then everything else. I'd say out of everything else, Han Solo is my favorite character. Um, you know, I sort of idolize him. Um, you know, he, he's sort of smooth talking. He's uh, he's rebellious. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a very rebellious man. Matt, Matt knows that. Um, not really. But you know he's cool. Um, he has some good lines in the originals. He his acting sort of brings it. Harrison Ford sort of brings it to life. Um, I don't know, man. But definitely him for the original trilogy for the prequels. It's got to be Obi Wan. Love Obi Wan. He's a god. Any video game, anything. Uh, I love Obi Wan Kenobi. Uh, in like Episode Three or or two or three. Um, I just think he's a great character. Um, and they did a really good job connecting Ben Kenobi back to him, um, because Ben Kenobi, I feel like, or, you know, he was he was only in A New Hope, and then he died. Um, right. Obviously, he was with in the other movies a little bit, but 
I think they did a really good job of, of bringing his character to life. And, and I think they gave more meaning to Kenobi than was even in the original trilogy. So two favorites. Yeah, I like those. Uh, Matt, you know, I never actually went over what your favorite movie and in, uh, in a character was. Let me get yours. Oh, my favorite Star Wars movie? It has to be The Last Jedi. I think it is. No, I'm joking around. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. no. Um, Maybe faint. Yeah, I, I, uh, I typically go back and forth between Return of the Jedi and Empire Strikes Back. Um, Return of the Jedi has far more flaws than Empire Strikes Back, uh, personally. I find that the inclusion of the Ewoks was a bit cringeworthy. I think the pacing was a bit all over the place, like very slow moving at times. Um, but I think as a whole, the way it uh, sort of brought everything full circle, especially with that connecting to the prequels, where Anakin was essentially the protagonist throughout the entire six movies. Um, and to see him uh, go through with his ultimate sacrifice near the end, uh, I think was, you know, speak volumes of his character and, you know, Darth Vader is a very is arguably one of my personal favorites uh, throughout the entirety of Star Wars. Really, I mean, give me the Vader know. R-rated movie, please. I want to see him murdering Jedi. I've, I've been hoping for this for twenty years now. I want to see an R-rated Vader. R-rated Vader, one time. <laughs> uh, okay, so it's definitely Vader's. Is that it's your choice for sure? Yeah, and Return of the Jedi would be uh, my favorite. I usually go back and forth, but Return of the Jedi, definitely. So for me, I would have to say, you know, Jar Jar is definitely... A, no, no, I was kidding. <laughs> Not Jar Jar. <laughs> Although if he turned into a Sith, like the rumor was that Lucas had back in the Darth day, Jar Jar. that would have been actually funny as hell. Jesus, um, been as far as favorite again. character, I think I agree on the Anakin front. Um, I... I love the prequels now. Actually, you know, I started to like them now. But my biggest thing is, I, I hope because um, Hayden Chris or Pantier or whatever what was his name, Christian, 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 Christian. Yeah. I almost said Hayden Pantier. That's the girl that uh, that played in Heroes. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's he's going to be in Kenobi. So I, my assumption yeah. is, you know, flashbacks to the Clone Wars, right? You know, when they were always together. A, we know the Clone Wars saved the prequels. B, we finally get to see that in live action. And see, I hope they redeem him, right? So, like, you know, Anakin as a character is great. People loved him in Clone Wars in the anime series. Um, you know, started to love the prequels more because of it. But they did him so dirty with his writing in the prequels. I hope they, you know, give him a chance to redeem and show, you know, his true ability to act. Um, yeah. And I think we will. I think we'll definitely see that. So, obviously, we'll see either him as Vader or and or him, you know, in the Clone Wars. So, I definitely him. Yeah, I, I, I literally want to see Obi-Wan and Anakin in their iconic outfits from Clone Wars in live action. Yeah, if they, I, I can see that happening. If sure. they, oh my goodness, I will automatically give Kenobi a 10 out of 10 if they literally <laughs> just show a single shot of them. They have to. In live right. action. Uh, as far as my favorite project, um, so I'm going to have to go with the Clone Wars animated series only because of what it, you know, how much it's really changed the entire canon it seems like right so for me you know if you can make the prequels look good for me i think you did a good job i'm gonna give you the credit so uh most of the anime series are great though like rebels is great too obviously oh, super related to yeah. uh to the mandalorian and and what they're what's going on in that series uh so you know it's that's that's kind of where i'm at but um yeah so we'll see we'll see where it goes i'm excited to see some uh some i hope we got to see a little bit of that like mean vader so like, i don't know if you guys have ever played um What's the most recent Star Wars game that came out? It's not, it's not crossing my mind. Uh, 
Fallen Order. Yeah, Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, so I I don't know if you guys played or not, but whatever, you know, not to spoil too much, but the end of it, Vader pops up and you see his pure strength. His like Sith ability is just beyond anything you've ever seen. And if I could see that in a movie or a series, 10 out of 10, like Matt said, give me that. Such a cool entrance. Like, honestly, anytime Vader enters a hallway or just a room, you Oh, you're fucked. (laughs) Like <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're fucked. Uh, it's it's just like uh getting the defenders in the hallway when uh, like every every uh series on Marvel. But hey, we're gonna guys, move in. Oh, go okay. Or have you guys ever uh ever seen like a clip on YouTube of Vader without his um without who, who's the guy who did his voice James Earl Jones without James Earl jo- Jones's voice? Mm-mm. Oh yeah. If you watch it. Because what they did, I'm pretty sure. Don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure after they filmed the movie, they had they had um, some some random guy doing the voice, and it was totally like underwhelming, and it was just it was almost embarrassing. Like there's a clip of him like choking the rebel in the beginning, and he sounds like he sounds more like Anakin would 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 actually still sound right. if. Uh, his body or whatever wasn't affected but i think towards the end of production james earl jones did the voice and if that change were to have happened then it might have it might have been totally different it might have been laughable but it's it's an amazing voice I, I think darth vader is like the most iconically designed character um like villain ever um if even if someone doesn't know Star Wars, they might still know if they see Darth Vader's face, they might say, "Oh, it's, right. it's like Darth Vader, yeah. Vader, or something like that." Right? Yeah, he's he's definitely, you know, I feel like irreplaceable at this point, right? So, you know, maybe they they always figure out a way to have him voice it. You know, through there's all the technology now they can make it happen. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, we'll see. But just to move on a little bit. Uh, let's get into some Mandalorian. So I know, obviously, Matt is a huge fan of it. I've, I've been told you are as well, Mason. Um, I am a huge fan of it as well. Uh, as far as, you know, maybe just go through a little bit of all of it. I mean, but for the most part, season two. Uh, what were your th- initial thoughts, Mason? What, what are you thinking in terms of, uh, you know, what happened, where it's headed? Did you like the cameo at the end? Kind of your breakdown. Okay. Um, so as the season started out, I was, I think it's the first episode. Um, is the first episode where they're fighting the uh, the giant dragon thing in the desert? Is that the, the first dragon? one? Yeah, yeah. the Marshall. Yeah. Right. So I remember telling Matt or talking to Matt about this uh, when that came out. And we both watched it. Uh, if you remember in season one, they went to Tatooine for some extraneous reason that I don't remember. Um, but this time... Uh, Matt pointed out, oh, well, there's actually a reason to go to Tatooine now. And what, what was the reason, Matt? Why did they go to Tatooine? Oh, remember? yeah. So it was in the big opening scene. Uh, he was heading to this fighting ring and needed to collect information on right. Mandalorians. And that's when he's like, oh, there's someone hiding out in Tatooine. Oh, okay. He came across uh, Cobb Vanth, who was seeing what Boba Fett's iconic armor. All right, yeah. Reason. Yeah, so anyways, I really liked... I remember uh, vividly watching the first episode and he's, he's flying in a Tatooine and there's like, you know, there's Banthas and sand people everywhere. And it's like the soundtrack for the Mandalorian is amazing. And I know. I, the soundtrack was playing and it was just, it was like so awesome. 
so the beginning of the season, uh, it was a bang. Um, then, like, there are a few episodes, like, you know, the spider cave and some of the, like, filler ones traveling with the frog lady. Um, right. You know, I they made for some good moments and stuff. Um, but it sort of it sort of felt like filler sometimes, but but not really. I was still interested the whole time. Me too. So, anyways, as it got uh, towards the end, the episode, the other episode that stood out to me was, um, I believe, episode seven, the one with Bill Burr, where they're like driving through the jungle. Yeah. It, it reminded me of like, uh, like some sort of like Captain Phillips, like pirate. I don't like African like safari like movie. I don't, I don't know if that's a type of movie, right. but but they're you know they're driving through the like the jungle. There's bombs going off in front of them. Uh, you know you could say it, it looks like uh, something out of Vietnam or something like that. But I thought it was a really cool setting and uh, just how they did that episode with them not being able to like crash the car. It's sort of like Mad Max. That's that's what I was saying. Um, right. Anyways. That episode really stood out to me. That was really exciting. And that sort of segued into the, um, you know, the wrap up, the ending. And I, I think that the, the finale, I, I watched it four times. Or I watched it on my own once and then had to watch it with other, with my brother, with my family again for fun. Um, but it, it was fantastic, I think. Um, literally, they, they could have, they could have had an entire uh, 45 minute uh, clip of Hayden Christensen um, acting terribly up until the, uh, the last 10 minutes of, of the episode. And it, it would have been amazing. It's just that last 10 minutes, I, literally, I, I think that everybody who's a fan of star Wars, um, when, when they said, Oh, there's, we're picking up something on the scanner and they're like, Oh, it's an X-Wig. And she's like, Oh, an X-wing. Oh, what's one X-wing gonna do? And then it just clicks in your head, and you're like, "Damn!" Like, listen, I, this is about to get. Like, I was in my living room watching this, and I'm just yeah. like, "Nope, nope, yep, 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 Bing! yep. Bing! She's like, "I don't fucking care." I'm like, I do. Look at this. I'm just going. Like, my wife, you know, she's like, "What the hell's wrong with him?" But you know, this. Oh, but I, man, Luke, like, so like. I think we all kind of knew, right? So at the, in a way we knew, in a way, you know, could it have been um, Ezra from Rebels? Could it have been Luke? Uh, could it have been uh, uh, Cal from Fallen Order? Because that's considered canon accordingly. Um, you know, so you come up with all these ideas of what Jedi it may be, but at the, at the same time, there's not many left, right? Like Luke was the, no. one of the <laughs> not a lot of options. And Ahsoka already said, no, you know, we, we all didn't even know Ahsoka was around until she popped up. Um, I, it still, it still surprised me. Like, I don't understand how they did it. And oh. that scene. And again, talk about a hallway. Holy shit. <laughs> he was destroying all the droids and, or you know, um, the, the dark, dark troopers, troopers, dark troopers, and, and those are so badass. Oh, they were, and he just didn't give a fuck. Like he's just like ripping them apart. I'm like, yo, when he pulled the one up in the air in the ceiling and just crushed him. I I, like, that was, oh my oh, god! I am so happy. <laughs> Literally, I am so happy they brought back the Force Crush in oh, the yeah. live action because I did. I think the only time I remember was like there's a scene in um the Clone Wars. Where uh, like Obi Wan is on this um, slave-ridden planet, 
and he literally like crushes like crushes two commando droids up in the air instantly. So that was I don't, literally one of the few instances we saw that. Um, I mean, we see that in live action. Literally, like Luke. Oh, it was a yeah. Was, um, oh, so. I think that like the part where uh, what am I thinking? So like when Luke comes in and he's just messing everybody up, like you guys are talking about. Um, I think. It's it's great that they didn't have him, uh, or it's great that he like saved the day, because after Return of the Jedi, we're just left we we're just left with this giant gap, uh, and then the Force Awakens. Oh, Luke's on an island and he just right. uh, milks cows for fun, um, but like we didn't know what Luke Skywalker was doing now that he was this Jedi who. Um, we, you know, brought balance to, or sort of brought balance to the force. Right. We, we didn't have, like, how Anakin and Obi-Wan went on all these uh, awesome, like, Jedi adventures in uh, the Clone Wars or or the prequels. We didn't have uh, Luke, like, going around the galaxy, uh, showing his, like, mastery as a Jedi. But I think that the scene perfectly shows, like, um, it, it shows, like, the most powerful version of Luke and how Luke was like really stronger than like the dark side or anything like that. Um, what, what he yeah. just walks through the hallway and destroys everything. It's, it's just a great uh, display of his character. So it's, it's funny that you mentioned it's as far as balance, I want to get into something else too, but as far as balance of the force. So throughout the, the sequels, we saw that they really, did you, let's say throughout the entire entirety of the canon, right? There was mm-hmm. never really balancing the force it was the jedi kind of like minimizing the dark side right it was so in other words like jedi here dark side here there was never a right. balance right i think the one good thing that came out of the sequels is you know the only way that there's true balance is that there's no jedi like nobody defines himself as the jedi on the, on the light side or, or sit on the dark side that's kind of where i think you know is where they went right you know at the end of it it seemed like she was over the jedi part of it you know they showed the kid who who suddenly has powers a random person um that that had no connection to the force you know to, to what we can tell when he was grabbing the room with the force powers so i think that's what they're leaning towards for the future of uh lily star wars canon is you know you don't need to be this generational talent to be a jedi you can just be a normal person that pops up and ends up being one um and that really is the true balance of the force which we'll know obviously in the future i'm sure the sith are going to pop up again but um it's just tough you're always going to see one side there's the good and the bad but at the same time true balance would be just not having any side whatsoever and you know being that kind of force driven being um so as far as gap you mentioned that the big gap in between what are your thoughts on a possible luke skywalker series so we know right after mando he takes grogu I hope Grogu doesn't die in the whole, you know, uh, 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 pre-sequel, like, destroy the oh, Jedi Temple. Uh, I don't think he's going to. I think Grogu's going to be in his own separate way by the time that comes. But do you, so my th- thing is, obviously, it's going to cost a shit ton to have Mark Hamill appear as a young version for an entire series. They, I, I don't know if they'd ever do that. They got to pay him, and then they got to pay to make him look like old Luke or young Luke. I'm sorry. Um I'm leaning towards like an animated series. Like we know how how good they did with Clone Wars uh, and Rebels. 
I mean, if you do an animated series, you have Hamill, who who has a long history of doing animated voices, voice acting, voice acting, skips right? for regular show, right? And and you know, he already has experience, so he can easily do it and and play his younger self, you know, in the animated series. I think it'd be great to show that gap. You know, it's it's I I still feel like I'm missing a lot in, in the in between because there's so many comics and books and all these different things that that showed you know, Ben being born and how they try to train him and all that, you know, the temple. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what are your thoughts on that? Do you think it looks like a Skywalker series makes sense or a Jedi, Jedi Academy series maybe? Um, I think that the best, or I think that you're right with the animated series. I, to be honest, I don't see them. Um, for some reason, I don't see them filling the gap with, with like a Luke Skywalker thing. I just feel like, that's too like delicate for, for them to do with all these other series they're doing. Um, and they have to be really like, they have to really fit it, structure it so that it's, uh, so that leads up to the force awakens. But I think if they were to do a Luke Skywalker series, then um, an animated one would be the best way to do it. Like you said. Um, and like I said, it would be Luke Skywalker going around the galaxy uh, you know, doing these random like quests and things that are that are super fun, and th- there'd obviously obviously be a storyline that you could probably connect to the Mandalorian, um, and it would sort of uh, flesh out the his character more. I think that'd be the the best way to do it if they did, but I, I don't really see them doing it. But uh, what do you think, Matthew? Oh, uh, I mean, I, I I think the same. So. For me personally, I was not thrilled at the possibility of Luke being the Jedi. I think I think we all knew, like Luke. Realistically speaking, Luke was the most logical Jedi to appear. Um, I did not expect them to go down sort of uh, a new character route. I know Mara Jade was being tossed around. I know many uh, people were fan casting Bryce Dallas Howard. She already has connections. I was to the still surprised that they did Luke. I I didn't expect. I I thought. The only yeah. option could be Luke, but I thought, okay, something's going to happen. And it's going to be lame. It's going to be someone uh, right. from one of these cl- these random series that Matt watched at like <laughs> 4 a.m. And I'm not going to know who it is. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, I, I, I was kind of like the same mentality. And then I think Peyton Reed directed that episode. And I find him to be a very bland director. I mean, he's directed only, like, I think his most notable credits are two Ant-Man films, which I think are probably, like, the lower-tier Marvel movies. Um, but he really, uh, you know, did Luke justice. I mean, he... Give that man an Oscar. Yeah, Give I him mean, an he, Oscar. Yeah, I would say as well that that scene, the entire scene could have been over the top, where you see, like, Luke Skywalker mm-hmm. flipping his lightsaber around, but notice how he's walking gracefully and not like, you know, coming out. I mean, there is a certain level of cockiness in Luke's character. I mean, that's definitely that's, one that's of what the made Luke, Luke for sure. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think is meant to show his progression as from a Jedi Knight to a Jedi Master. Um, that right. that scene solidified him as yes, this is the Luke Skywalker we know prior to you know all the events that occur you know, before Force Awakens and then sort of his character development throughout the sequel trilogy. Um, but really, I was just surprised at the level of quality Peyton Reed has uh, as a director, and I think I'm excited for Ant-Man 3 now, because he de- he definitely handles some of these more um, intense sequences, I guess. Um, you know, so I- I'm definitely, 
it w- in regards to the whole like Luke animated series, I want them to stray away from the Skywalker saga. Skywalker saga, saga, saga. <laughs> saga. Um, I, I sort of want them to you know go through uh, some new content. Um, the one not another project we'll be talking about is the Acolyte. I think it's my most anticipated just because it's something fresh. It's something we haven't seen before, and it's at the height of the of the High Republic, uh, where right. the Sith are on the verge of sort of like collapse, even though. You know, they were as ignorant as they were. <laughs> they were very so. so as far as uh predictions for season three, so I have I have a couple, I guess, questions and you guys kind of give your thoughts around that. But um so you know we the big thing is gonna be where the hell is Grogu? Like everybody's gonna ask every week, where's Grogu? That's our mascot, where is he? And so as far as Grogu, do you think we're ever gonna see him again? Is the first question. And along with that, um and I think we all kind of just know the answer, but so as far as this is going to be Mandalore centric, right? I mean, oh. they helped Mando do what he needed. They saved Grogu. Grogu's safe now. Mando owes them a favor. And now Mando's tied to the dark saber and has to be associated with Mandalore at this point. So where do you guys kind of see both things coming into play? Grogu and then Mandalore. Um, I think that, I, I don't think that the Mandalorian uh, can, or the unfortunate reality is if they have too little of baby Yoda, then like pop culture might sort of, you know, the next season is not coming out for a while, like a couple years or a year or two. Yeah. uh, A long time. So I feel like if they come back and uh, Grogu is left out of the equation too much, that the general public may stop. I mean, everyone's going to watch it still, but they may say, oh, where was Baby Yoda this season? Uh, is this the same show? Um, yeah. Whereas, like, Star Wars fans will still um, watch it if they go down the path of focusing on Mandalore, which, like you said, I, I see as the only option for them to do. And I, I think it could, it could uh, be really interesting to see them bring like the saturated like lore uh like the mandalore story from the clone wars to live action because before we've seen like um obviously attack the clones being used as like the source for the clone wars um but we haven't really or you know live action to animated but we haven't really seen animated to live action um in terms of bringing like a story to life. So I'm excited as long as they keep baby Yoda intertwined in the story, I'm okay with him being uh, put on the back burner just because of how well they, they developed uh, Mando's character and his, his connection uh, to, to baby Yoda. So, so I'm thinking real real quick, man, I'll let you get into it, but um, just kind of speaking of what you said, I agree that to, to bring in the non- fandom fans into star wars they needed someone like grogu to 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 reel them in um the problem that i think they have and why you're right in the sense that they need to kind of tie him in still mando's very rebels anime series centric like almost everything that i mean for good or for bad it's connected to that series right and Mm -hmm. non-fandom fans are not gonna ever watch that series and not really know what's going on they they just kind of depend on the 
the, the solo centric story of Mando itself and then love the baby Grogu and, and all these characters that were, you know, kind of introduced, but, mm-hmm. um, and then again, Star Wars for the most part is a big fandom thing anyway, you know, most of the, the, the hardcore fans from all the way back to the seventies are, are obviously all into this, but, um, you know, if you want to, Disney's all about that money <laughs> in the end and they yeah. want to bring in as many fans and new, new fans as they can. I think that's been, that's been their goal is what Favreau has said too. You know, he said, you know, I don't want to just only take care of the people who watched the trilogy back in, the, you know, the old days, you know, the original trilogy. I want to take, you know, I want, I want everybody to feel like they could be a fan of what we have. So mm-hmm. it, it could hurt the story. And Matt, I think you wanted to, to jump in and say something, but. Yeah, I mean, I think as someone who spent however long binge watching the Clone Wars, well, Star Wars Rebels, um, I will be satisfied with the entirety of the season having this plot dedicated to Mandalore how, you know, uh, Din will have to rise, you know, since they rise to the occasion and possibly unite all these uh, Mandalore clans. I know there were rumors indicating that Naboo was supposed to be making an appearance oh um, next season. And a uh, fun fact, though, uh, Jar Jar in uh, Legends, he was actually uh, like a clown performer on a tree in Naboo. And, you know, the Mandalorian has done quite a decent job at improving elements from the prequels. So I would love to see Jar Jar come back as, as, wow. a, as a joke, like see him like guide Mando around. Because for all we know, there could be Mandalorian uh, clans located on Naboo or those who sort of have like a, an attachment to those that clans. But um, I am interested to see the story that they are telling. I have no issue if Grogu makes, has limited appearances. I think ultimately... Grogu's story has completed, so to speak. I think maybe in the future they'll start exploring him further to see how he's progressed as a Jedi and sort of um, how his relationship with Luke is slowly building. Um, But yeah, I mean, I definitely hope they find ways to sort of have general audiences feel comfortable with, uh, you know, the story without Grogu for a while. Um, and that will be a very, you know, a difficult challenge for them to face is, I mean, how on earth are they going to appease fans who's, you know, who watched these projects previously? And for someone like, uh, you know, me and John's mom, not to say she's a fan of this kind of show, but, you know, if, let's say she were to watch this show, the first episode, she'll know what it's about. First episode is Mando protects a child. Second season, Mando tries to get, tries to get a child to the Jedi. Simple premises. Season three comes around, it'll be more complex and, you know, I'm just yeah. interested to see how they'll execute these storylines. I think it'll be great. You know, I'm definitely excited to see the Darksaber storyline. Obviously, we know Moff Gideon is not done with, so he's going to play a factor. Um, I, I'm excited to see what's, I mean, Ezra, I think, is going to pop up, right? Like, Ahsoka, I mean, maybe probably in the Ahsoka series more so than than the, you know, this next season of Mando, but maybe it all ties together and we see him there, too. Yeah. Um, and I, I'd love to see more Jedi, more characters. I'm kind of with you, Matt, in terms of like stick up here in the word Skywalker, to be honest. Um, and I, you know, I'm ready to, I, there's so much more you can do it. And, and it's speaking to, you know, we, we look back and as far as, you know, theories for who may pop up at the end of season two, you know, we all wanted these different characters because we've seen Luke so many times and we've seen all of these same characters so much, you know, it'd be nice to see. An expanded universe and they say oh where was ahsoka you know when luke was fighting vader and and the emperor and it's like dude the universe is fucking huge i mean the star wars yeah. universe is like what is it when they travel they they something i read they go through like 15 different like 
galaxies when they travel through light speed. So like if they if they're anywhere within those galaxies they, speed jumping yeah they never be around you know what i mean so I, you know it's kind of their excuse for why these characters didn't pop up which i get it um but yeah you know i'm excited i think season three is going to be dope um and i'm ready for all these other shows which i'm going to kind of and we can get right into this but um i'll kind of list every every show that you know has been kind of rumored and or confirmed and you you guys maybe just pick which one you're most excited for and why um so you know i'll just list the shows real quick the first show that was announced was ahsoka uh obviously a, a series centered on ahsoka herself right after right after she appeared in mando i believe um so the, there's either it's after she appeared at the end of rebels or after this yeah. after her appearance in mando it's one or the other i think what i think is the end of mando was before right before the end, the end of Rebels, and then Ahsoka kicks off right after. That's that's what I'm thinking. I also think the that's same. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Um, and then uh, next series is Lando. Uh, I'm really excited for that. I I, I really want um, like a narrated voice kind. Of, I think Matt, you spoke about this before. Yeah. Um, the old Lando kind of narrating a story of his yeah. past. That'd be so dope. Um, Acolyte, which Matt already mentioned a little bit, that's going to be a Sith centric. Uh, show you know a live action show back in the high republic i'm a big fan of like a sith centric show like i i th- they don't really explore the sith except like they're bad go kill them you know what I mean? <laughs> so like you know to really see like maybe an in-depth story behind the Sith that'd be dope um andor uh Matt, i can't remember what andor was what andor's going to be specific- is that focused with, um uh, it's more like an es- espionage driller uh that takes place between the events of uh Revenge of the Sith, New Hope, and it's obvi- okay. it's ten years before Rogue One. What's it called? Know, like Andor. The uh, Andor? Casey and Casey and Andor from um, Rogue One. You probably oh, don't okay. remember half their names, but yeah, yeah, I still have like to remember some of the names. But yeah, so obviously this will be um, leading up to Luke's time with the Rebels, correct? Yeah. Well, right. it will lead up before, to Rogue One, and then they die in Rogue right One. Right before. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sadly. <laughs> Uh, um, we got the Rangers of the New Republic or the Old Republic, right? New Republic, because New this Republic. is um, yeah. a Mandalorian. Mando. Mando gotcha. Okay, there's going to be a Mando as well. Uh, we have a Droid Tale, which would be a simple animated series. Uh, Rogue Squadron, which I'm pretty excited for as well. Yeah. Uh, obviously focused with the Rebels as well. We have a solo movie confirmed with Ty Wakiti directing, which I love Thor Ragnarok, so I think it's going to be amazing in that. Uh, and then Ryan Johnson's trilogy is like 40 percent confirmed <laughs> like every day it seems wait like wait it. wait whoa whoa whoa, whoa. so Ryan Johnson trilogy so yeah, apparently yeah he's doing a a uh non-skywalker trilogy it's been it was confirmed a while back and then they've slowly stopped talking about it so i think it's going to be on the back burner yeah kind of on the back burner probably forgotten about probably for a good reason type of scenario uh i mean we'll see i you know i i want a new story regardless so i'm not you know i'm not a to oppose um, and that okay so i i know i, I do apologize for running off but no, like you're good fans believe ryan johnson we can get into this but fans Here believe ryan johnson ruined star wars right um he ruined the use of the force ruined the use of lights well he, he did ruin the use of light speed i'm sorry but you cannot weaponize light speed that pretty much undermines like every single battle that occurred in the prequels the original trilogy and any anything before like you know the movies that occurred before the sequels like if you can just weaponize hyperspace you literally just get an android 
target a ship, light speed, and then enemies would probably do the, the exact same. But that's besides the point. I just feel as if that for Ryan Johnson, if he has no a connection to the Skywalker saga, I think he can do a fine job with the trilogy that he's given. Because we can assume that he's going to be introducing new characters, set in a new world. And I think he has an interesting directing style. I think he's very ambitious, so I'm curious to see what he'd accomplish. Um, but, you know, what are your thoughts, Mason, on uh, Ryan Johnson's uh, um, Last Jedi? Well, <laughs> I, I don't think it's necessarily his fault, um, just as a director. I, I think it's just the fault of Disney as a whole and, and the whole direction they were going, because if they wanted to continue the Skywalker saga, then they should have... They, they, they literally walked into a massive jungle um, without a map, and they just, you know, figured it out as they went. That, that's the problem, because you had The Force Awakens. It's like, okay, you basically have a new hope with new characters. I, I liked... <laughs> Uh, I think you said you liked The Force Awakens. I liked The Force Awakens. Yeah. I was really excited to see where it was going to go. And then The Last Jedi happened. And I, I didn't really... I, I didn't really focus on, like, oh, well, here he didn't... Like, The Force didn't make sense, or this didn't make sense. I mean, yeah, the light speed thing was really dumb. Um, yeah. Some other things you could complain about. But the story is the most important part, because it sort of just left me totally confused as to where they were going to go. And then you could, that's evident in the rise of Skywalker and how they literally had to bring back Palpatine to save the, the story or to make a story. Um, so I think to, to be honest, if you ask me what happened in the last Jedi, I, I can't tell you because I mean, I, I watched The Force Awakens twice, I think. But after I watched The Last Jedi the first time, I was like, what what, what happened? Um, so that, that's my grievance with it. I, I don't think that that um, the director should uh, take all the blame for it because it, it was a pretty... Um, objectively, if you look at it as its own movie, I think people have said this before, that it's, it's a pretty good movie. But as a Star Wars movie, it, it's sort of it fails yeah um you know it kind of expand upon that as well i mean i think the last jedi is the most beautiful looking star wars movie to date without a doubt arguably has the best visuals i personally have ever seen um from a star wars film um and i i'm john's probably gonna kick me out on the meeting for saying this but i uh i genuinely believe that luke skywalker was absolute perfection in last in last jedi and no one can say that it does, it contradicts the original trilogy. And here's why. So imagine spending 30 plus years of your life collecting Jedi to start an academy, only for all that to be taken away in an instant by the same person that you trained for 17 to 18 years. The, you're missing the point that it fell apart because of him. Because of Luke? Well, Luke? Yes. Exactly. Oh, I think so, you, you said... It, yeah. I know it's on the side. They're saying Ben is the, is the one that destroyed it all. Oh no! I was saying that's why did. that's why Luke went into exile because he felt this immeasurable amount of guilt, oh, okay. embarrassment. Uh, okay, I thought you were saying more so for failing Ben. Right. Now I know one can argue, well, Luke would, you know, not let the pain define him. But again, I, I think most of us, you know, succumb to that type of failure to where we tend we overthink, and 
you know, someone were suggesting that Luke was attempting to kill Kylo. It was like, no, they purposely framed the shot as in the Return of the Jedi, where it was more instinctive. He wasn't going to kill Kylo in his sleep. I think it passed through his mind. It's like it passed through his mind when he was on the verge of killing Darth Vader. It was just right. instinctive, right. almost. He, you know, I think most of us act out of instinct. Like we were about to do something, and then we immediately, you know, like jump, you know, prevent ourselves from committing a certain action. Right. Um, um, you know, so. Well, the problem I have, um, like if you look at it from that perspective, uh, it, it's a good, um, it's a good storyline for his character, and it, it makes sense why he is an old um, hermit. hermit who who doesn't want anything to do with the Jedi uh, yes. in, in the in the um, in the last Jedi or in, in all the sequels. But sure. my problem with uh, whoever decided to make the sequel trilogy was that they had r- rather than filling the um the questions that everyone had about the knights of ren and luke's you know luke's jedi order and all this stuff they they only touched on it through like two or three flashbacks and and like Absolutely. you know stories throughout the movie so it's like it it didn't seem um cohesive real or, to me it, it's yeah. like if you had a friend who moved to a different state and you always do them as as one way and then you meet them 30 years later and they're a completely changed person and, and they say oh i i smoked weed one time and that's why i'm like this that's like my that's just it's probably a bad analogy maybe it's a good one but <laughs> I, that that's how i would uh describe how they treated Luke's character because they referenced all these things from the Knights of Ren. I thought, whoa, that's cool. He started like his own Jedi uh, order and Kylo Ren maybe is going to get some more like backstory, but they they never delved into it enough for me to be like, okay, I understand why Luke is like this. This is actually really cool. It, it sort of was just, it sort of just left me hanging in terms of uh, filling Luke's storyline and Kylo Ren's. So I like that for sure. Um, I, I want, I, I'm the, I'm leaning towards let's give Ryan Johnson one more chance. I, I hate that it's a trilogy because you're having him do three movies instead of just one little solo project, but you know, I, we'll, we'll see where he goes. I definitely, I see the, the issues, the flaws, um, but I think they see that maybe, Maybe a retcon's coming. Who knows? I mean, there is the you know in Rebels, there's uh the world between worlds. Isn't that oh, like a multiverse type yeah. of thing? I mean, they can they can go with the multiverse. Who knows? So I, they won't. And the reason being, yeah. they've released comics that explicitly connect to the sequels. The Mandalorian is definitely connected to the sequels, especially there's, with there's the, some books that came out. I think they're related to the sequels. Yeah, too, so. for sure. So I I don't think you know I personally would not want them to retcon the sequels, um, even though. They have ridiculous amount of flaws. And I've said from the beginning as well, and I apply this uh, principle to any you know, franchise or piece of media, I do not want to have to read external material to understand your story. If mm-hmm. I do not understand your story within the first 15 minutes, that is the definition of bad writing. I do not want to you know, go out of my way, right. read a 500-page book 
just to fill in the dots. It's like, oh, this is what happened. Like, I don't want that. Yeah, no audience I'm, I'm wants a that. big fan of you know movie to book adaptation more so than explanation, right? right? You want you want exactly. it to be based off a book and some stuff, but don't depend on us going out there to, to find information for ourselves it's kind of crazy no exactly, exactly. um you know because most people don't don't you know I, I read the book i had the new um high republic book that came out um but not many like we talked about normal everyday watcher of star wars not a non-fandom person they're not going to read the books ever so yeah absolutely um uh, mason as far as uh you know the the series that I mentioned. Which one are you kind of most excited for? I'm, I actually didn't even mention Kenobi, so Kenobi's on there, and I think oh. that might be what you're leaning towards based off of what you said about Kenobi. But <laughs> um, off of the ones that you mentioned, some of them I I see not having enough. Uh, when I hear something like uh, Rangers of the New Republic, well, actually, I was going to say it might not have enough like connection to the Star Wars story to to be a good um, to be a good show or a good series. But I suppose what they're doing with all these different series is sort of making Star Wars my more uh, diverse in like what kind of shows they are. Like the Rangers of the New Republic could be more like a like a crime show or something like that. Um, yeah. But I Definitely. think out of the ones that you mentioned uh, I'll try to pick one apart from Kenobi because I, I really don't know, um, or I'm, I'm excited for Kenobi, but I think if I were to pick one besides that obvious, oh, it's Ben Kenobi, he's a main character. Uh, if I were to pick one, I would pick the, uh, what's it called? The Accolades, the Sith one. Accolade. Just, just for the fact, like you said, that it's, um, about the Sith because I played, did, did you guys play um, The Force Unleashed? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Games? Oh, of course. I, I, could, I could see I could see them using a similar uh, or do you know what time the show is going to be set in? Um, it, It's going to be set oh my god. Didn't you say the High Republic? I think it's 150 it's like, years before Episode One. Yeah. Okay. 150 to 200 years before. This is this is so, Yoda, Yoda in his prime, essentially, is what we're gonna. Oh, see. Yoda. Okay. Yoda so I could see, I could definitely see like a very um, emotional, like dark side story, where it's like, um, you have like an apprentice that's like having to choose between, uh good and evil um and it like sort of tears them apart and they're forced to make certain decisions sort of like uh in the force unleashed where you're darth vader's apprentice and i i don't remember what exactly happens in that game but it's awesome like or i, I just remember like using force lightning and killing everything <laughs> and it was it was pretty uh badass but like if if you channeled that same sort of concept into a uh, series I, I feel like it'd be awesome because everything is focused on the jedi you know they're the good guys um and then there's some blurred lines but if you actually delve into the sith and their motives uh rather than just oh the sith are evil jedi are good then i feel like it, it'd bring a whole new dimension to uh the star wars story so that's I, i'd say that one i don't even know anything about it but i'd say i'm most excited for for that oh. type of 
So I kind of think no. this is, uh, and you're right, 100%. I think that's where they're leaning. Um, I almost think we're going to, like, we're going to see a very, like Matt said a little bit, a very cocky Jedi Order. Like, they think they've diminished the Sith for good. There's no way any of our apprentices or younglings would ever think about going to the dark side. You know, we're the all power that be actually the grandmaster at the time isn't even Yoda. So Yoda during the prequels up until uh attack or um Revenge of the Sith, he was the grandmaster. So this is his grandmaster, the person that that kind of mentored him that is running the Jedi Order. They're gonna end for a rude awakening. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think we're gonna see yeah. uh Darth Sidious, you know, slash the Emperor. I think we're gonna see his uh I guess his uh Sith leader. Uh, I can't remember Darth Plagueis. I think his name Darth is. Plagueis. I think yeah. we'll see him, and this Darth Plagueis will be the one kind of trying to convert some of these Jedi over. Um, yeah, I'm definitely I'm with you on that. That's going to be exciting. Uh, Matt, mm-hmm. what do you what do you say? What would you say out of all those? Who most excited? I for? I agree, and I think uh, definitely the acolyte. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think ultimately as well, the show has definitely has an opportunity to expand upon um, sort of like the almost gray morality between the Jedi and the Sith. Um, you know, I, I think the Sith as well has these very unique powers, such as Force Lightning, um, and sort of a multitude of other abilities that Jedi do not necessarily want. I think Jedi's theoretically will want to use those powers at their disposal, but realizes the negative repercussions of descending down into the dark side. Um, because even Dave Filoni mentioned before that he never wants to depict the dark side as, as something that people should aim towards. It's a constant spiral into madness. And he had to feed, you know, the, this, this anger um, constantly to where you're basically altering your mind and your body day after day, you know, just to exhibit these powers. Um, and I think it's very torturous as well. I mean, you, you spend years and years of your life, you know, kind of this being an entirely different person. That's not necessarily a life worth living whatsoever. Um, have you guys... Have you both watched Breaking Bad? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Great television so show I, all the time. What my uh, ideal like storyline, if, if they were to do this in the Accolade show. Um, yep. Yeah. I, I think that it could sort of be like a Walter White story where you have like a good Jedi, like the most like, um, well, I mean, maybe similar to the story. You have a good Jedi who turns bad, but it's not overnight. Um, It's sort of, they become uh, infected with this hatred for one reason or another. Um, But it's more like, rather than like Anakin's turn to the dark side where, um, it's influenced by like, uh, you know, by Darth Sidious and uh, the Jedi Order and all these other things. It, it will be more of a like personal um, struggle for this person, like going from the light to the good. Um, and then maybe like the series would end with them either redeeming themselves or um, not redeeming themselves. So- something similar to to uh, Breaking Bad, that's that's just what comes to mind for me. Right. 
Well, you know, so I, I'm almost wondering if, you know, if Darth Plagueis is the, the mastermind behind it all, could he could he be the semi-main character in a sense that he's the one that's being turned over, right? Like, I, I don't know. I don't really know Plagueis' background. Uh, we didn't get much from the deleted scene because uh, it was never actually in the movie, I believe, right? Um, the scene that he uh, was explained to Anakin who Darth Plagueis was. was oh, actually... this scene was in the movie. Was it in the movie? Okay. Explained. I can't remember yeah, if it was like... deleted or added or whatever the case was, but um yeah so i like he, he could it could be that i think i think you're 100 right though it could be it's going to be someone that has the slow turning away from the jedi order we have to remember and like through all the comics and the books in star wars lore anakin wasn't the only one that turned <laughs> so like right. we, we we you know that's the big center of attention with all the movies and whatnot especially with vader being one of the biggest uh characters in, in canon you know, a lot of Jedi were expelled. A lot of Jedi switched over to the dark side. I thought they were going to be a Sith, you know, Lord in that sense. But obviously there's only the rule of two. Um, people like Asajj Ventress, right? Where they're lower, mm-hmm. lower character uh, Sith people. And, and maybe they, they kind of jump in that. But um, yeah, it, it's going to be exciting. I think we're all we're all on board with that. I'm a little excited for Ahsoka too. I do want to see the connections to, to Rebels. I do want to see Ezra. I hope we see Ezra. Uh, which I may say, I don't know if you ever watched the Rebel series, but I haven't. The main character, main Jedi of, of right. that series. Um, blue hair guy? Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, blue I think hair. so. He ended up uh, the main, oh, I can't remember the main villain of the of the series. What's his name, Matt? Grand Thrawn? Yes. Oh, the last Thrawn season. and Ezra disappeared at the end of that series, and that's, yeah. that's why Sokka's um, looking for him. So. I'm thinking that I think last last summer I just will watch like an episode of Clone Wars every night. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I might do Rebels this summer. I, I was going to ask you guys a question, a, ner- a nerd question. Okay. Um, so did Darth, is Darth Sidious the apprentice? Or, you know, Darth Sidious talks about uh, how Darth Plagueis was killed in his sleep by his apprentice. Is Darth Sidious that apprentice that he's talking about yes oh okay. yeah i wouldn't okay. be surprised so uh, 110 the one who killed play just for sure um i think everything we saw happen in the prequels was play just his plan uh-huh Sidious just took it over killed him became the Sith right. lord Sith master right and obviously had dark maul at first and then dark uh count Dooku yeah for the rule of two Relative. So I think he wanted he wanted that power for himself. So wanted, I feel like he recruited Maul himself. So you could even make like a dynamic to it, like uh, you know, Plagueis was if it's in the time of the High Republic where the Jedi are even more like prominent. You could say that uh, Plagueis had like a very slow moving um, approach to taking over uh, the Jedi Order. Um, whereas Sidious, he, he, he didn't want, he was impatient and killed Plagueis so that he could do it himself. And in turn, that's why Sidious ended up failing because he didn't, um, he compromised the plan by taking matters into his own hands and moving too fast. Right. So I guess you could say that. Yeah. He was his own undoing. I think a hundred percent. That'd be awesome. I think we're going to definitely see. Because, you know, from all understanding, you know, the, the clones and all that being created, it was, I think it was 20 years before, was it 20 years before to the Sith, Matt, that they started creating the clones? 
Um, the Jedi that the that was banned from the Jedi Order is the one that. Uh, oh, that was sometime some ten, ten years maybe. Ten years. I think it was like ten, ten okay. Yeah, ten, I think was, that makes sense. Okay. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was right. a little. Yeah, oh, that's what Cyphidius. Um, I think that was like a bit before Phantom Menace even, and then afterwards it came full circle and Attack of the Clones and it's it's very funny though and I, I'm not sure if are you remember the season where uh, Count Dooku reveals that he was uh, Darth Tyrannus. Mm-hmm. You remember? Right. He says, I, "I told you everything you needed to know on, on Geonosis, Obi Wan." Like, <laughs> come on! Like yeah, he literally, times. he yeah. oh, Count Dooku one did not necessarily agree with Sidious's methods. I think he uh, had a much different approach and did not respect the Jedi, given the fact that he, right. um, you know, lost faith not only in he was himself, obviously he he was really a centrist like the, the that's what they were their separatists were centrist they saw themselves as like the in between mm-hmm. kind of balanced group and I think Dooku was more leaning towards that I don't think he was truly a Sith um, there's a rumor out there and I think it was I don't know if it was an interview with someone or whatever but they said Dooku never got the yellow Sith eyes because he never truly joined the Sith in in the eyes of the Sith right like he never became a true Sith Lord. Yeah, um, that's why he never, you know, he was always struggling with that balance, you know, towards the good, towards the bad, um, and why he never truly transformed into a Sith Lord. So, I, I think the separatists also like you, you can't if you're looking at it from like a good versus evil perspective, you can't put uh, the separatists like in the same light as you put the Empire because, like, or or actually, well, that's another point, but. Uh, the separatists like weren't inherently bad. It, they were just, um, you know, it was it wasn't like they uh, were committing like genocide or some well, uh, heinous thing that I'm that I'm aware of. Um, yeah, I mean, they did it on a few occasions, but it wasn't. But I, I understand where you're coming from, though. Um, I, I don't I don't recall them being like actually evil. I I, I recall them just being the foil of the. Um, or not even the foil, but just the counter to the uh, clones and the Jedi. Right. I agree with that. But hey, I think we're running out a little bit of time here, boys. I do need to say, though, Mason, it's been a pleasure to have you on board here, man. You, you, yeah, thanks uh, for you bringing me you're on. You're pretty knowledgeable and passionate about this stuff, and you're always welcome on any podcast really to start. Right, yeah. sure. um, but hey, so first I want to say, where can they find you? I know we, we always kind of do our thing here. We kind of say we're, we're on Twitter. You drop your tag, Instagram, anything like that. You, you're more than welcome to drop it here if you want to real quick. Um, you know, I'm, I'm all good. I, I might, uh, I might be starting some sort of uh, YouTube channel or podcast in, in the near future. So okay. if I do happen to, then I, I would uh, provide that. But right now I'm, I'm just a dude. All right, sounds good, man. I appreciate that, yeah. Matt. Matt, tell me where they can find you, brother. Yeah, as, as always, uh, over on Instagram, Matt underscore t twenty nine. As always, uh, thank you for the support, and of course, uh, Mason, thank you for joining us today to geek yeah, out bro. about Star Wars, and even course, though you make fun of me at yes, times, for all I know. But uh, <laughs> and uh, of course, you guys can find me at John underscore OTS. You can find me uh, running the OTS Facebook page on the sidelines page and group on Facebook. Um, OTS guys on Twitter. And uh, find us on all the platforms. We're on YouTube. Drop a subscribe when you can. And uh, in any platform you can think of where you can find your podcast. But, yo, as I said, We Can Be Heroes is a heroes podcast about any type of content you can think of. Thanks for joining.